the Bones and Bobbins podcast is now on Patreon. Would you like <laughs> Would you like access to bonus episodes like we're talking weekly? Digital extras, exclusive merch and more. Join us in the curiosity shop at patreon.com backslash bones and bobbins. Yes, definitely do it because there's a nice back catalog of bonus episodes. Indeed. Yes. And we're going to talk about gay flowers this week. Yes, so yes, yes. It's going to be pretty exciting. I can't remember what else we're talking about because my brain is gone. <laughs> um, anyway, your generous support on Patreon helps make the show happen and will also earn you our very eternal gratitude. And entry into our private Patreon-only Facebook group where only the best people are. Indeed. Indeed, and all of the best shenanigans occur. Also true. <laughs> Such good shenanigans. Yes. In a dusty old shop on a forgotten old street, you'll find two witches with books three boxes deep. Next to rusty old needles and faded red thread, you'll come in for yarn, but leave with pigments instead. Whether poisons or patterns, we're always discreet. Where creepy and crafty and morbidity meet. Welcome to the Bones and Bobbins podcast. Hello, morbid makers. We are your slightly creepy, mildly disconcerting, somewhat sinister, delightfully discomposed, I'll say. <laughs> Opaquely odd. Merrily morbid. Marvelously misanthropic hosts. And this is Bones and Bobbins, Season 2, Episode 13. Come on, baby, light my fire. <laughs> uh huh. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. And I'm Natalie from Uber Dark Designs, an official true crime creative. Huzzah! Yay. I have cats literally fighting in my bathtub <laughs> right now. In the bathtub. It is yes, summer. Yes, the kittens yes. are wrestling in the bathtub. I can hear them bouncing off the sides of the tub. <laughs> I have, I have so. one meowing at the door, and the neighbor's hounds are out. Uh, so we'll see if they make an appearance. Their barks. Holy shit! <laughs> Did you hear that stampede? <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, hot damn. Ooh, Franny's Halloween catted oh. to the extreme. Very puffy. <laughs> Very sharp. <laughs> My favorite is when they get the arch back, but then go sideways. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what's happening. Yep, but oh she gosh. just walked up sideways. That is the best. Oh, I don't know why they got to pick now for a battle. Because, you know, it's uh, time. Uh, yeah, so my brain doesn't work. How's yours? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fried. Uh, it's, it's tired. It's tired. But, all right. Uh, I scared myself pretty thoroughly Thursday night. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I thought that I had accidentally fucked with a fae. And that uh, I was about to die. Um, so, Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going through everything in my head. So I'm laying there and it's 
it, we had really bad storms. Um, mm-hmm. And trying to fall asleep and I look up and so I have a master suite. So there's a, a bathroom right there right. in it. And above the door frame was like this tiny, perfectly circular flashing light. And I'm like, there's no window that would. That's weird. <laughs> and I. And I just ignored it. And then, like, I glanced back and it was in a different spot. And then, oh, the, dear. and then, third time I glanced, it was like on, on the wall, like not above the door frame, like coming closer to my bed. And then, like, the fourth time, sometime later, I looked and I was like, oh, good, it's gone. And then Ron Swanson, I noticed, was. <laughs> sitting next to me on the pillow staring straight up and I looked and there it was right above my head on the wall oh no and so that's good I was like, <laughs> this is how I die uh and I turned on my flashlight and it was a lightning bug <laughs> but usually they're like little <laughs> That was not how I thought that story was ending. It's not how I thought it was ending either. Like, I was thoroughly confused because, number one, I've never in my life had a lightning bug in the house. I mean, we've caught them in jars outside, but I don't recall ever. And it's never, their booties are always, like, solidly lit in, like, that weird green color. Like, this was, was like, uh, Christmas white and... um, perfectly circular and blinking so i don't um they do that yeah well that one did and i was like all right uh now Uh that i know what you are what you are i am okay with she was yelling at the door i was trying to (laughs) and the eldest one just just let the cats in because they were meowing at the door i'm so sorry so it's fine (laughs) just animals everywhere that's Man. all right. Mine are running amok. So it's, yeah. So I thought I, I... I'm sorry. I love you. You're amazing. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so, uh, so I thought I pissed off the Faye, and, uh, and that was my eldest. <laughs> and now I have all of the cats. <laughs> well, when I saw your face, when the door presumably opened... <laughs> I thought that you were rethinking your statement that you hadn't. <laughs> and so I'm glad she actually made noise. Right. right. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm talking about them. I'm just screwing up left and right. Um, oh, well, I'm going to talk about them too. So, uh, but, yeah. but, uh, but apparently I didn't. I just, you know, me who, you know, reads all the true <laughs> crime and watches all the paranormal. And can handle all of the autopsy things. Scared myself with a fucking lightning bug. <laughs> so. I mean, that's how it goes. Kind of tracks. That, yeah. that is, that that is normal as far as abnormal psychology is concerned. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that's where I meant to go, but I'm gonna let it ride. Yeah. Wow. Well, I um. Played hide-and-seek with a Victorian doll. (laughs) That's not nerve-wracking at all. (laughs) No, no. So, as you already know, but the listeners probably do not. Well, I guess if they're on social media, they might. 
But I think that's just uh, in our Patreon group. Uh, you know what? I think you're right. Because um, they get all the good stuff. It's true. So those of you who have been listening for a while will remember one of our earliest episodes where I bought a set of frozen Charlotte dolls mm-hmm. for me and Natalie. And I have just failed to send Natalie her doll. And so last week, like at the end of last week, I was finally getting my nonsense together. And I was packing up this box, which, by the way, is now sealed and ready to go. Uh Uh-huh. So I was packing up this box of treats for Natalie and her girls, and I went pack the frozen Charlotte and there was only one in the box (laughs) the box they came in that has literal metal prongs that hold the lid on (laughs) that one if that's not unsettling I don't know what is no and so I have this moment where I just have no idea what is happening here. And, like, I did not sign up to play hide-and-seek with this Victorian doll tonight. That was not on my list of things to do. And I have an extremely detailed to-do list. I would know. (laughs) And so... I was looking around for it, and like I live in a tiny New York apartment. There is simply not a lot of space for things to hide. And I eventually found the doll in a box shaped like a coffin. <laughs> I have no idea how it got there. I feel as though it's probable that I packed it up to ship to Natalie at some point and had that box. Because I know where the box came from. Super looking but forward like, to this. But <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so since she wanted to be in that coffin so badly, I left her in that coffin. <laughs> so that doll and that coffin box... Those are coming at you. <laughs> I shall ready the cleansing oils. <laughs> I have already did some some things. Some things. <laughs> but oh my goodness. It's like what in the actual fuck is going on here? Why are there I mean I will say I have brought an old doctor's case into my apartment yes. with and I haven't opened it yet because I'm afraid of it <laughs> but with all of the jars like the glass jars and vials with stoppers amazing. intact and it's so cool um or at least the photos were so cool and I can only assume that the actual item is very cool because I haven't opened it because I'm afraid of it Makes sense. So, 
I think I did that with the dolls, too. Yep. <laughs> You're like, yeah. here, but not going to open yet. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I'm going to ship that doll to you sometime this week. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. And you're getting the one that hid. Nice. Because okay. it's no. Nope. She clearly wants to go. <laughs> that <laughs> so, makes sense. Um, yeah. I will. I will gird my loins, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Anyway, so nice. we are we are fucking with two very different kinds <laughs> of supernatural. Yeah. It would seem. Oof. Speaking of supernatural and. Stuff like that. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> our Curiosity Shop members usually dig Supernatural stuff. And now's a good time to take a quick break and thank all of our fantastic Curiosity Shop members over on Patreon. And uh, yeah. if you join us there, this right here would be a point in the podcast where we would give you a totally normal and not at all creepy welcome. Um. And next it's week true. on our Patreon, we'll be wrapping up Pride Month and uh, talking about the language of flowers in the gay community and also some queer coding, too. Um, yep. So pretty exciting. Uh, we cover some really super fun stuff. And there is a plethora. I think we're on, what, dispatch number 27? 28, 28 mm-hmm. Something like that. So, yeah, there are at least 28 uh episodes already waiting for you on our patreon so you know we'll wait go go ahead and go over there right now if you want check Um, it out yeah patreon.com slash bones and bobbins and if you do that right now just go ahead and hit pause and now that you're back We will say you're the best, and we would totally go explore hidden old graveyards in the woods with you. Absolutely. (sighs) And so, I guess this episode is so chaotic that I haven't actually put anything (laughs) at all in our planning document for it. So... That's how we roll. It, well, it's how I'm rolling today. It is not the usual way that I roll. I know. It's <laughs> very... <laughs> but very we're just going to take take life by the seat of the pants. Yeah. Or, I, I don't even... Was that the correct phrase? I think it's take I, life by the balls and fly by the seat of our pants. But we usually all just right, use both our of those. Room, so, you know. Well, I am going to talk about big dick energy. Nice. So... I mean, it's you, so yeah. you just radiate it. <laughs> well... Obviously. Yeah. But this isn't my big dick. <laughs> it's the collective big dick. The collective big dick. Nice. Nice. Uh-huh. But anyway, I, I think you should probably tell us about our topic before sure. I start talking about phalluses. Nice. So, uh, nothing and nothing says happy spring. Uh, spring? No, summer. What am I even doing? Summer. It's summer. <laughs> Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, so nothing says happy summer like big dicks, I guess. Uh, we just uh, <laughs> we just had uh, yesterday was uh, happy summer solstice. Nope, Sunday was. What day yep. is it even? I don't know. It's Where Tuesday. <laughs> it's, 
mania. Just so hi, we're talking about summer solstice hi. today. <laughs> it's true. We it are. Is, it is. So, yeah. uh, what is summer solstice? You might wonder. Well, I uh, do. The word solstice comes from the Latin solstitium, which means sun standing still. Basically, it marks the once a year in each hemisphere where the sun reaches its highest point in the sky and the day is uh, pretty much the longest period of daylight. For The zenith. Yes. And as we are in the northern hemisphere, while we're recording here, that means that June, uh, typically between the 20 and 22nd, is our summer solstice uh to our friends in the southern hemisphere down under it's uh typically between december 20th and the 23rd uh and funnily enough those same dates in the opposite hemisphere mark the winter solstice it's true but we're not going to talk about that because you know that must really make people in australia quite annoyed right or anybody in the southern hemisphere obviously there's more than just australia right but that must really irritate some people because like i don't generally speaking i don't see the uh flip side coverage i usually just see northern hemisphere witchery very true and yeah and that and that might be algorithm but it's also you know walking in a winter wonderland like and the their winter you know but they're you know it's Mm -hmm. christmas time is not wintry down there that's their summer yeah i don't know why the equator breaks my brain but today the equator is breaking my brain i'm gonna blame the patriarchy because you know for the equator for everything because that's what he did. Hi, Jack. Speaking of. So many are confused as to why, why for it's the longest day, but it's not essentially usually the hottest one. Right. And that's because heat trails behind. It's just science. The quick answer is it takes time for the Earth's land and water to heat up and to cool down. So... Here in the U.S., our hottest temps usually hit in July and August, although June was kind of a butt kicker so far, um, which is it weeks feels after. like a mouth. Yeah. And then uh, the flip side to that is that the coldest temper temps in the wintertime are typically like mid-January, and that's like a month after all solstice, so it takes a mm-hmm. bit. Um, and I think the uh, sun is at its closest point to the Earth. During that coldest time, which is kind of interesting. It is very interesting. Science! Science, indeed. Uh, Which we are going to faithfully ignore. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's about, that's it. That's the science that you got. Uh, Actually, I guess they give you a little more science. but uh, Okay. But it's, uh, it's historical and cultural significance goes way beyond the mere astronomical event. And celebrations of it date back to ancient like pre-christian times so i'm gonna talk a little ancient because you know i like me the ancient stuff um so we know that i'm buckled in <laughs> we know that 
the solstices certainly held importance for Neolithic humans who may initially have started to observe summer solstice, solstice as a marker for planting and harvesting crops. Um, we are eventually going to have to do a future deep dive on the famous enigmatic Neolithic structure that is Stonehenge. Um, oh, it, it, I mention it in this yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I would I would be sad if you didn't. But it is worth noting that uh, this 5,000, thousand year old beauty has had a i guess famously unique relationship with the solstices it has yep. long been debated whether one of its functions was to act as an ancient solar calendar um and on the summer solstice the complex of well, it certainly did that right uh, whether or not it that was its function <laughs> right <laughs> the uh complex is heelstone which stands outside the Stonehenge's main circle, lines up with the rising mm-hmm. sun. Summer solstice typically draws tens of thousands of people to the stone circle in southern England to celebrate the longest day of the year. Uh, last year, cool. they made records when they made live footage of the solstice sunrise available because of the pandemic. Uh, right. They again wanted to offer it this year to encourage people to stay home, but, well, over 100 people showed up and the police had to shut it down, which also caused the live feed to be shut down as well, because assholes be assholing. That's too bad. But you can check out last year's uh, sunrise video uh, footage in the link in our show notes. Uh, because cool. it is I I watched amazing. it last year when it was so happening. Did I, I, I did too. Um, yeah. So speaking of aligning with the sun... Mm. Do you know that we have our own henge in New York City? Do you? Uh, yeah, well, it is all of the skyscrapers. Um, so there's a day called Manhattan Henge. Yes. And uh, because Manhattan is a grid. Yes. And is north, like the grid runs north, south, east, and west. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is a day. It It's earlier than um, the actual solstice, but there's a day where all of the um, where the sun shines through all of the skyscrapers That's straight amazing. down, and it's really cool. That that has to be really cool. Ugh. Yep. Someday. Manhattan Henge is fun. Uh, someday, I'm marking my calendar. Um. <laughs> it's almost worth going to Manhattan. <laughs> so uh, I have only seen it when I worked in Manhattan. Uh that makes sense. So, aligning with the sun. The Great Pyramids no. of Giza also appear to be aligned with the sun. Yes. When viewed from the Sphinx, the sun sets between the pyramids of Khufu and Khafre during the summer solstice. And my favorite ancient Egyptians were crafty indeed, but it is still unknown exactly how they managed to orientate it this way. Additionally, in ancient Egypt, the summer solstice preceded the appearance of the Sirius star, which the Egyptians believed was responsible for the annual flooding of the Nile that they relied upon for agriculture. So because of this, the Egyptian calendar was set so that the start of the year coincided with the appearance of Sirius just after the solstice. Cool. Cool. 
So, kind of sciencey. Um, what does cause the flooding of the Nile? The moon? I don't know. Rainy seasons? I don't know either. Um, I'm sure somebody question. knows. I think it Tell a- us if you know. Yes, please do. And it's also a really keen observation to like correlate the two. So yeah, moving along. That brings us yes. to the Greeks. So some ancient Greek calendars pivoted around the summer solstice. In Athens, their calendar went from summer solstice to summer solstice. In Delphi, the new year started with the first full moon after the summer solstice. Uh, And the summer solstice also marked the one month countdown to the opening of the Olympic Games, which is kind of mind boggling um, that the Olympic Games have been in existence that long when you think think about it. Um, That's crazy pants. Yeah, that that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Also, and hey, Olympic torches. I thought about that. More fire. Yeah. The torch handoff <laughs> or the torch marathon. I don't think we call it a marathon because it's not a marathon. I don't think. Anyway, that torch handoff is my favorite. Yeah. I love to watch people handing it off to people from other countries and yes. across great distances. And I think it's fucking cool. I agree. I totally agree. Um, Another thing that was held around this time was Kronia, a festival celebrating Cronus, the uh, god of agriculture. Uh, One of the most interesting parts of this festival um, was that, so the Greeks function on a pretty strict social code. um, And during this festival, they pretty much just chuck that social code out of the window just for this time period. So slaves participated in the merriment as like equals or even being served by their masters. Um, Certain laws were off the books for the day. The day was really meant to emulate the golden age of Kronos when no one had to labor for a living and all humanity was considered equal. Cool. Which, yeah, it's cool, but also it's like, ah, slaves. Um, so well, that should be every yes, day. Yes, obviously not. <laughs> but yeah. Now, in the days leading up to summer solstice in the ancient Romans, they celebrated Vestalia, which was a religious festival in honor of Vesta, the goddess of the hearth. During the ancient uh, time, Romans Roman women traditionally visited the Vestal Temple and made offerings to the goddess and to the Vestal Virgins. Um, Oh, the the Vestal Virgins. Oh, the Vestal Virgins. And for the most part, that was, I believe that's the only time that women were even allowed in the temple. During the week of Vestalia, um, only women then were permitted to enter the temple. And a cake was baked using consecrated waters from a spring considered sacred. Uh, modern Italians actually still embrace the solstice as a time of new beginnings and they um, have a celebration called La Festa di San Giovanni and it's got a similar cake um, and similar rites of water and well fire (laughs) as you will be taking away in a moment Um, 
that's because Christianity came in. Right. And they didn't like the pagans, but they liked their parties. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then uh, comes ancient Chinese. Now, according to the traditional Chinese solar terms, the summer solstice marks the turning point in the balance of yin and yang elements on Earth. So spring some spring and summer yin fall and winter yang uh the ancient chinese participated in a ceremony on the summer solstice to honor the earth femininity and that force that was known as yang um well it's still known as yang uh in chinese history the summer solstice was considered a public holiday and everyone got time off for anywhere from like one to three days during the Lao Dynasty, women would give each other colorful fans and aromatic pouches filled with fragrant herbs. They used these fans to repel heat and the herbal pouches to repel insects and cover up bad odors. Well, fair enough. Summer. There are a lot of those. Right? summer. Um, Vikings, um, they... They have they called it midsummer, and it was a crucial time of the year for Nordic seafarers, and they would meet to discuss legal matters and resolve disputes. <laughs> which, which I, I find isn't that lovely. because the, the the light came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they would also visit yeah. wells, thought to have healing powers, and build huge bonfires. Things I'm guessing you will absolutely get involved or uh, take over. But I thought that it was yep. just really interesting from the, you know, just meet, have a drink and discuss legal matters and resolve any disputes before you go, you know, forward in the year. Yeah, I read that, too. And I was like, huh? <laughs> just, that's you want to do what now? <laughs> it's summer. Let's duke this out and have a beer. Uh, ancient... I feel like business is not what I want to do right. in the middle of the summer. Right. I think it's just. It's um, maybe it's like the last day of school where you're like, let me just get all this out of the way and then you can go party for the next couple months. I'm not sure. Um, and then <laughs> that gets into the ancient northern and central European tribes, many Germanic, Slavic and Celtic pagans welcome summer with bonfires, uh, which Germany, Austria, Estonia still going strong. Um, mm-hmm. They're also uh several ancient tribes um that i did not cover because i didn't want to there are so many different tribes within various indigenous communities native to the united states and um canada and even aboriginally i am sure in in australia and such but that have their own traditions but um i did not want to lump them all together and end up leaving out a tribe or just assuming that all the tribes did them the same way. But there's definitely nuances. And many of the indigenous tribes did um, look to the summer solstice in the same way um, as calendar, nature, harvest being planted, things of that nature. Um, And an overall sweeping thing. So summer solstice ancient people weird architecture and uh clearing the air paying homage to some women not so bad 
No, uh, this is a certainly a a lady focused time, right? Of the year, all about mothering things. Oh, mothers! Oh, wait, yeah. I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> I just have cats. Uh so do you want to talk about more fire? Absolutely. I was I was counting on you to cover all things fire. <laughs> yep. So, like I mentioned earlier, my notes on this subject are just chaotic. <laughs> but the very first line is, I hope you like fire. Yes! So, I guess we're just going to start with fire. Um, so the summer solstice, as you also mentioned, has a bunch of names. Uh, the three most common, at least in Europe, or from European tradition, is the summer solstice, um, Litha, mids- uh, er, bleh, the summer solstice, <laughs> Litha, and Midsummer, because, you know, Midsummer. Yes. Yeah. So, you want to get your coven together and dance naked around the fire? Uh-huh. This is your holiday. Th- this is... Ooh, Jack, stop stepping on my keyboard. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She is up to no good. And apparently, she also wants to dance naked <laughs> around the fire. All right, so, this... This is the witchy dance naked around the fire holiday, which is exciting if you are the sort of person who wants to get their best friends together and dance around unclothed and eat some food. So I think that sounds like a great idea. Definitely. But uh, with with some like deet involved because takes a mosquitoes like i'm too old for that oh yeah off <laughs> deep woods all the way i don't even know if it's called that anymore but it used to be um yeah so the summer solstice is as we know the longest day and the shortest night of the year and the shortest night aspect also has some emphasis to it when it comes to ritual which i think is kind of cool because a lot of it is sort of light versus dark and sometimes some traditions have dark winning because it's the day when it tips to less light Mm. so that's kind of interesting you can look at it in those different ways so if you are enthusiastic about things like fertility and abundance and success and you know doing it this is also your (laughs) holiday This, this is the making babies holiday all right so I'm going to walk us through some of the elements that you could include in 
midsummer rituals of your own or just some things that you can look for if you happen to be studying anything about these or want to know a little more about the symbolism. So, as previously mentioned, Stonehenge exists and was arguably one of the biggest craft projects of the ancient world. <laughs> and World's first Legos! It, <laughs> right? Um, although not really. There are lots of henges. Excellent. Lots of standing stones. But what's cool about Stonehenge specifically is whether or not like whatever its use was it has three separate alignments during the solstice Mm -hmm. and it is dawn noon and dusk so that's pretty clearly on purpose Mm -hmm. and also very cool it is and there are several other sites that also interact with solstices around the world and I sort of love that interacting with, with solstices or the solstice, um, the summer solstice in this case, seems to be an idea that transcends boundaries between cultures. So there's an ancient temple in Germany that has a hole above the altar that aligns with the summer solstice. Oh, that's cool. And only then. And nobody's really quite sure who made this particular temple. It just is. And also, I mean, almost certainly one of the early Germanic tribes did. But nobody's entirely sure what it's but it's got that very specific alignment built in and another gigantic arts and crafts project in Africa that you also mentioned and I know is in your favorite location yes the setting sun on the summer solstice rests at a point directly between the two largest of the Great Pyramids. Which is neat. Because... fascinating. Like, what? Well, I mean, the timing... So here's the thing that makes it super fascinating on a couple different levels. is The timing... Just back then, that means they were somehow tracking time. Which, I mean, yes, but specifically enough to know that that would be at that point at and yeah and time shifts a bit i mean it does make sense because you can see where on the horizon the sun rises and sunsets and the path or the arch is the biggest mm-hmm. on this particular date. And so I feel like it would have been obvious, but maybe not immediately obvious. Like, within a week or so, 
but calculating it down to the date, like, I think that's really cool. Right. And I'm sure that there are lots of ways that that happened, and it would be absurd for me to think that it isn't something that ancient peoples could do, but I think it's really neat that not only did they do it, but they incorporated it into structures. Right. They, in such a monumental way. Yeah, like, they went big. Yeah. Oh, the fire department is going by. They heard we were talking about fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that big there's... Big strapping firemen. <laughs> I love that there's mystery behind so many of the things. Oh, absolutely. So, now that we have covered some of the larger arts and crafts projects of the ancient peoples, <laughs> I'm going to scale it down a bit and, like I said, cover some elements that you might have in your own rituals or that you might see symbolized in either ancient or modern rituals. So, most ancient people seem to have agreed that the summer solstice was a great time to light really big fires, <laughs> collect some magical items, get married, and have a lot of sex. Yes. That just seemed to be the thing that you did in June. And that's, fun fact, why June is the most popular wedding month. That Still. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Because old habits die hard. <laughs> so if you were going to create a ritual, you would probably want to bring in some nature. Mm -hmm. Because nature is, well, a very important part, especially of early peoples. But also, it is basically what this entire holiday is about. And so some animals that you might want to add in to your rituals are bees. Yay! Bees! Bees and honey. Because that is a symbol of abundance and sweetening of things. And it's one of the items that, should you be involved in these practices, that you, it, it's one of the traditional items that one would offer to the good folk. Okay. Yeah. It's tasty and has wonderful antibacterial products, for like properties. Yeah. I, in fact, have used honey bandages on really bad on a really bad burn from my oven once. And I can't even see the scar. Because honey is awesome. I One of my favorite things about honey is how it can help you with allergies. And by yeah. buying local honey. It's really cool. We've got, um, in the Milwaukee area, there's a person that... Um, keeps beehives in different parts mm -hmm. of the different neighborhoods throughout the city specifically to 
cultivate the honey from that area to help with those. And my friend uh, owns a store called Swoon and she carries it. But it's, I think it's called Honey from the Hood. Um, but it's, it's super, it's just amazing. Honey itself is just fascinating. Oh, yeah, it's cool. I have a vial of local honey on display in a test tube, like you do. Mm -hmm. But it's red because the local bees were breaking into a um, a candy factory. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, amazing. Yep. And uh, so they were making, they were eating red syrup and were making honey that was red. That's awesome. I assume that also tastes like excitable cherry flavored candy. I don't know, having never tried it. But it is hanging out in my apartment. Um, I think the local honey that I could eat is from Greenwood Cemetery. Nice. But it it is my goal one of my life goals is to sponsor a hive in greenwood because then you get the honey and it has a funny name i can't remember what it what it is <laughs> but um anyway so sorry i along. derailed us with the honey <laughs> <laughs> if you have big dick energy mm-hmm. you might consider adding my husband, who just walked in the door. That was perfection. Anyway, back to the big dick energy. Um, so you should add a bull to your festivities. Okay. In symbol, or I suppose in person uh not person in animal anyway edible probably just a drawing of one okay but who am i to judge i don't know maybe you have a ceramic bull maybe you would like to do that maybe you have a farm maybe you have a bull that's just chilling in the pasture i i don't know your situation so, you can also include butterflies. Butterflies. Because they are bringers of change and transformation. Yeah, and yeah. they bring to fruition all of the changes that have taken place between the caterpillar and the butterfly. And so, that butterfly is a symbol of the embodiment of that change. So you've been working towards a thing, and all of a sudden, you've got wings and shit. Nice. I want wings and shit. Right? I have a pair of monarch butterfly wings that belong to my mother in my wardrobe right now. All of that makes sense somehow. (laughs) For Halloween usage. Nice. Anyway. Where was I? Oh, cows. Cows. They symbolize abundance. So if you've got that big 
cow money, bring it to the table. We have lots of cows around here. Yeah. I, I think the idea is that, well, they symbolize abundance in a lot of ways, but if you've got an abundance of cows, then you have the ability to have both an abundance of meat if you happen to be someone who eats meat, which I'm sure ancient peoples did, and also dairy products and things like that, things that are very sustaining. And hawks and eagles also might be animals that should grab a seat at the table. They are thought of as solar birds because they fly so high, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Yes. And we have a hawk in my neighborhood right now. Oh, wow. And everyone on the Nextdoor app keeps posting <laughs> photos and updates every damn day of what the hawk is up to. Nice. And so, yeah, we, we have a neighborhood hawk. It ate a pigeon recently. Oh, no, not a pigeon. Well, I mean, I mean, it's gotta eat. It's New York City, right? And it's a, it's a big hawk, so I don't know why it wants to live in Brooklyn, but <laughs> whatever. Right. So, if you don't want to bring bulls into your nonsense, you might want to bring horses instead, because horses they've got that strength, they've got that virility. You can think of several phrases yeah. that might be related to that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, <laughs> summer birds, they are symbolic of the migratory season and when they are stationary, it is generally speaking summer. And so they are also symbolic of the time of year. Moving right along, mm -hmm. well, let's talk about fire. Yes. Pretty much all ancient people seem to believe that the longest day called for fire. It all smells of them. good. They just lit things on fire. Big fires, little fires, symbolic fires, fire symbols. I think the world's biggest bonfire takes place on summer solstice. I can't that remember where. Would make I sense. Say like Either that or bonfire night. Right? But I don't know. I think it's I think it's summer solstice. And I want to say That would it's not like surprise me. Lithuania. I could be wrong. Someone will tell me. Not probably. And if you're wondering why fire? Yeah. Heat and light. So, if you want to symbolize the sun, and you want to do so on a scale that you can manipulate, mm. fire. Because the sun is a giant ass ball of fire. That it is. Yep. And also, you might include circles. Because that shit symbolizes the sun. And you can net. Nance, you can dance naked <laughs> can around dance a bonfire yes. in a circle, which is always good. And bonfires okay. smell sexy. 
It's true. Very, very true. Yes. Now we're going to tiptoe into an area that I'm only going to talk a little bit about. Because it's against one of our cardinal rules. Yes. Yes. So this is, this isn't a fucking with the fae. It's a, a light and respectful nod to nod. them. Yes. Very good day. Yes. yes. So should you be inclined to involve them in your solstice rituals, which, by the way, know what you're doing, if you're yes. going to do that, like don't just do it. You, yeah. you should either be culturally familiar or you should read up on it. Yeah. Um, you can make nice with some flowers that smell good or an offering of honey mead or milk but like i said know what you're doing and play nice and don't fuck with the fae yeah so if you've got a bowline which are those sort of handheld sickle knives ah yep 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 that are used for harvesting they're used for harvesting things like herbs yes. and so now's a real good time to grab that off of your altar because you're going to cut some herbs and you're going to cut the herbs that are mature right now and either in the morning while they're still due because you know fresh energy respecting the sun that has just come up at the longest day of the year or you're going to do it at noon for not dissimilar reasons because they're taking in all of that strongest energy from the most light-filled day of the year and imbuing it with sun magic. So if you've got your herb gardens, you could do that. My entire planning document for myself is just bad jokes <laughs> nothing wrong with that so the next one is gather ye rosebuds while ye may <laughs> yep because now is an excellent time to add rosebuds and rose hips to altars and they are especially good at this time of year for love related magic because think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you happen to be in possession of an ancient well? We do have if, a well. I don't, a know, well what, I don't know that it's ancient. We have maybe well. it is. <laughs> and if you do, you could spend the day chilling in a liminal space with Mother Earth. All right. Because some people think that especially old wells that have been used for ritual are like bringing up water from the womb of Mother Earth, um, uh. which does not sound very exciting to me, but I do like the idea of a liminal space. This also applies if you fuck with the Fae. Mm -hmm. So... There is another option. Be respectful. Yes. All right. Now, if you happen to 
come from a tradition that has utilized runes. So you got your Vikings, you got your Germanic tribes, you got your Celts, I believe. Mm, druids. Yeah, well, uh, grab on to your Elder Fukar. <laughs> and uh, that happens to be the runic alphabet that my runes are in. Okay. Um, that just sounded real, real fun. Uh-huh. Well, it, it, it is. <laughs> so you can use runes on your altar as well. So a lot of the runes have corresponding animal symbolism and they either literally mean the animal or they would be connected in spirit in some way and so those are if that happens to be part of your practice that might be a nice way to work that into your ritual yes and now I have a fun and entirely unrelated craft fact that okay. I seem to have plopped down right in the middle of a list of symbolic items. So wheels, and specifically spinning wheels, and the goddesses associated with them are also the goddesses associated with Midsummer, hmm. and both of which are generally speaking associated with spinning and weaving which makes some sense to me as you are in the process of creating cloth out of parts and you know pregnancy and shit yeah so producing things mm -hmm. is, is a pretty big theme all right now backing back out of the craft room <laughs> and into some more symbols spirals spirals are also a very common symbol and they usually symbolize the sun's path and so they show up during midsummer because you're talking a lot about the sun's path yeah and it makes some sense Another symbol that you might incorporate, the actual sun. That's, that would be a good because one. Because yeah. it's there. Yep. And generally speaking, if you are crafting a ritual, midsummer is the time to go after your goals and to maybe get some physical exercise, mm -hmm. maybe get it on. Yes, that's Anything like... Yeah, bringing something to fruition, bringing something into the world, involving yourself in the creation of something, like those are, like, that's the kind of work that Midsummer is especially good for. It's also the perfect day to make sun tea. It's true. My mom loves sun tea. Mm, yep. Yeah. Putting the tea out in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So if you're incorporating fire into your ritual to bring 
fourth ego or like since this is the time to act on what you've been thinking about Mm -hmm. this is a good time to have candles or actual bonfires or burning offerings or writing spells on pieces of paper and symbolically burning them to release them into reality. There are lots of things that you can do and fire is a big part of all of it. Weirdly enough, like I mentioned, with regards to the ancient wells, water is also a very big part of it. So we got the fire, we got the water, which I think is interesting because this is where light and dark are meeting Mm -hmm. and so bringing the water into it like water also brings life so does the sun it's an interesting combination of symbols and it's it doesn't seem to be quite as universal as fire is but it's pretty darn universal they both have an organic fluidity to them yeah. So, if you can, visit some water. And moving water is great. But if you don't have your own, store-bought is fine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Midsummer is also the perfect time to do spell work involving the good folk. And it's a great time if your practice includes communing with them to do that and that's about all I'm going to say on that subject another very common ritual specific to this holiday is the vigil and I think that a lot of people don't like we use vigil as a word and we know what it means when people are saying it but I don't necessarily think that we use it in the in its actual definition okay. and a vigil for this particular holiday is dawn to dawn and appreciating the sun through all of its phases from sunrise until sunrise the next which i'm too old to do like that's a party yeah it is a party it's apparently supposed to be a serious spiritual practice but fairly certain anybody who is of the right age is i was gonna say it not being no if i have to be serious and then there needs to be coffee involved there needs to be prep for that because that's a mm, no so if you're uh into ren fairs yes you might like the option of dressing up as the holly king and the oat or oat oak king and having a fake battle because the oak king is presides from uh, the winter solstice to the summer solstice and then the young spry holly king 
presides from the summer solstice to the winter solstice. Yeah, okay. So in the battle, the Holly King wins. And if you're doing group celebrations, you can crown a Holly King ah. to preside over the half of the year, which and would be fun. I want I'll, to be the Holly King. Then I'll get drunk on honey mead and dance around the fire. Obviously, that is the only <laughs> correct answer. Honey mead is good. It shows up weirdly often at my lace guild meetings. Okay, that I can get that though. I mean, it. Indeed. If you're really, really into celebrating, you could have a hand fasting or perform one. Nice. No. Yeah. Just in case you want to bind yourself to another person. Can I do it with my cat? That's fun. He's pretty cool. I don't think you want to do that with your cat. I mean, not sexy, just, you know, I think, I think Ron yeah, Swan's in the Maisel Mate. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, I think there's implied sexiness here. Oh, yeah, no, forget it. Yeah. Or, here's an option for you. You can <laughs> decorate your home with symbols of growth and abundance, like flowers and leaves. Yay! You can eat a meal with loved ones with foods that are in season. That's an easy one, I can. Yep. And divination is also a really strong part of this particular holiday, and that happens to be one of the things that I do. And so I found a bunch of different like sun spreads for tarot and apparently this is the perfect holiday for trying to discover one's true love which oh. seems like a terrible idea to me i think i've read those books don't do it um or if you fancy a craft you could make some wands or divining rods maybe out of oak but also maybe not the tradition is different in different places and it's also a great time to make herb wreaths or gifts for birds nice. and there are lots of herbs and colors and symbols that you can work into each of your projects to specifically symbolize certain elements of the holiday and i will read you some of those and that will wrap it up for me i should also say that there is some debate as to whether or not you should actually perform any rituals on midsummer or oh, okay. if it should just be a celebration without any ritual attached to it, like a day just for you. Yeah, that I makes sense. don't have an opinion, and I can see both. Some people say that it is a very powerful day, and some people don't think you should be involved in it at all. So, you know, whatevs. You're grown. Your business is yeah. your business. We don't judge. It's true. So, if you're going to incorporate some colors into your projects, gold is 
certainly an obvious one. Yeah. Energy, power, solar deities, all the things. Green, because abundance, fertility, growth, all of those things. Orange, I thought was interesting. Adaptability, optimism, creativity. That is not usually... I don't work with orange very much, but it seems like I should. I've been oddly drawn to orange for the last few years. Um, and I actually put it in my logo, and I don't know where it came from, but, like, just... Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It is definitely... I think that makes a lot of sense for a logo. Then we got red. For the obvious reasons. Yes. Fire, lust, desire, energy, all the things. White, cleansing, divination, healing, innocence. I don't think we're having innocence on yeah, this Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Nobody asked me. <laughs> and yellow, which is also communication, creativity, dream work happiness, the sun, psychic abilities, because this is a big divination holiday. You might also incorporate some herbs from your garden, specifically cinnamon, because love, energy, and psychic ability. I am not entirely sure why it's psychic ability for cinnamon, but I am sending you and the girls a cinnamon broom, Ooh, because th- that is packed a cinnamon in the box. Broom. So, foxglove also, which is a bad idea, and also related to the fae. Yes. And healing and protection also. So, that's an interesting combination. It is. Mistletoe, with all the fertility. Don't eat it. Mugwort. (laughs) Clairvoyance, divination, dreams, it'll also knock you out really well if you can't sleep. Nice. Go Team Mugwort. Rosemary, for love and memory and protection and wisdom. St. John's Wort, because we all need a little bit of happiness. Yes. Yep. And Vervain, Vervain. which I don't actually know what that is. <laughs> But apparently only, it, it it's got some healing and some magical power. I know Vervain from is the Vampire Diaries because my youngest <gasps> loves that show. And Vervain uh, protects the town from, from, from being wooed by vampires. Well, it does say healing, magic, power, protection, and purification. Yeah. So, so okay. Uh, yeah. Also, well, and now they don't like. Now that. I know, and yeah. now our listeners also know. Yeah, you know, vampires. Yes. Yeah. And yarrow, healing, love, marriage, protection. You know the things. I think yarrow is probably an underrated herb altogether. Yep. You basically just want to bring a whole lot of red things. And some oak into your life. Fun fact. The, you know, the daisy plucking, he loves me, he loves me not thing? That is, in fact, a divination spell. Ah. From this time of year. So that's that's kind of I did not know that. 
No, I didn't know that either. And if you're going to bring some crystals and stones into your nonsense, which I always am, you want a little carnelian because carnal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's right in the name. Yep. <laughs> and some citrine. So you got your, your abundant, uh, abundance. Uh, abundance? Abundance. <laughs> um, put some citrine in your purse because it keeps the money coming in. Yes. Just fun fact. Uh, a little bit of peridot, a little bit of tiger eye. Might have some copper and some gold. Yes. That are obviously not crystals. Those are metals. But, you know, the things that are fiery. Do that. We already talked about the animals and creatures. And for, like, your oils and incense and stuff. You're going to want some cinnamon and lavender and lemon. Lavender and lemon And I feel like cinnamon is just not what I really think of. I don't think of cinnamon in terms of summer really at all. And I definitely don't think of it as being like a garden herb. Well, cinnamon is complicated. And the cinnamon that most of us have isn't actually cinnamon. But I'm going to not go down that road. <laughs> you don't want right. to tumble down there with me? No. <laughs> and if you want to meditate on some tarot cards, you want the Empress, the Emperor, the Sun, and Strength. Those are your cards for this time of year. You also are going to want your fire, your cauldron, your roses, your wells, your sun. Like S-U-N, not (laughs) S-O-N, although that might come from the rest of the festivities. And your wands, because wands. Yes. (laughs) Right. Double entendre there. Indeed. And your mead and your wine. Yes. And milk if you're communing with the fae. And let's see, I, I think. That that is enough of what's going on. I think I covered way more than just the high points. But Keep as with anything, job. you should do what feels right to you. Yep. And it's all about the intent. Yep. Partying with your friends around a fire naked, totally valid. Absolutely. Holding the sun in reverence and having a chill day. Also, totally valid. You do you. Yep. Pick and choose. It's a platter. <laughs> yes. All right. I think. Do you want to talk about how we don't want to die? I was going to say, I think that brings us to the weekly worst way to die. Da da da. Da da da. What is your worst way to die? So it. I am me, so my weekly worst way to die would be I'm trying to dance around that fire and I slip and fall in. (laughs) Funny you should say that. That was very nearly what I picked as well. (laughs) But I landed on in mock battle with the Holly King. Ah. Yep. Because I'm obviously the old man oak in this scenario. (laughs) Because I took a walk. 
I took a walk on Saturday to my best friend's house for the first time in like a year and a half. And did you know that you can be so out of shape that walking makes your abs hurt? Because I didn't know that, but I sure did learn. Is it out of shape or were you just, or was that anxiety tensing? No, no. um, (laughs) Melanie wound me up, so I was going to her place on a mission. (laughs) Okay. So it was fine. (laughs) I, I was, and it was spur of the moment, so I didn't have time to get wound up. Nice. Okay. No, it was just walking. All right. But I appreciate you asking the question. <laughs> I tried. I tried it back. Yeah. So. All right. Hey. Do you want to be spooky internet friends? Do you want to dance Obviously. around a fire with us? Clothing up. That optional. was my next question. <laughs> we are Bones and Bobbins on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, basically all of the social medias. It's uh, true, but don't send us nudes. We have, yeah, please, nope, nope, nope. Um, we also have a TikTok account that my Do we? Uh, that my eldest set up for us. Sweet, um, thanks, so, eldest. Yeah, right. Uh, so someday we're gonna have Tiki Talks, uh, or okay. you can just, you know, old fashioned style, just slip on over to bonesandbobbins.com. I trust your eldest at the helm of the TikTok. I do, too. I do, too. I don't know how to use it. So I, I feel like real watch great. the things. Me, too. And learn the weirdness. I can waste a then, lot of time. And then send it to you. <laughs> Which I appreciate very much. Oh, well, don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Yes. Because, you know, we're lots of fun. Yes. And also... We always make lots of sense and never go down rabbit holes. <laughs> never. So, no, you should rate us five stars because we want to please the internet gremlins yes. and show up in recommendations so the other morbid souls can find us. Bring forth the morbid souls. All of them. Yes. For Please. reasons. Yeah. I don't need to tell you what my reasons are. Yeah, you're not the boss of us. Huh. (laughs) And on that note, let let us leave you with some advice that you should never forget. Lock your doors. And don't run with scissors. Each episode of the Bones and Bobbins podcast (laughs) is written and researched by Haley Pearson Cox and Natalie Hoyce. Our music was composed by Loyalty Freak Music. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Bones and Bobbins. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts so you won't miss a minute of our strange and creepy content.